Hey everybody, it's Thursday night and uh, it's time for another Kingdom of Loathing podcast with me, your host, Jake. And I'm Riff. And me, your third host, Hot Stuff. You guys just can't make it a complete sentence. I, f- no, I feel like I'm becoming increasingly fake sounding too. And I'm Riff. That didn't sound fake. Yeah, that was real. Do you think Don Pardo was fake? <laughs> he he was not an artificial life form generated for for a Saturday Night Live narration. That's if he not was, the correct it wouldn't have made any sense for him to die recently. Well, maybe he, maybe they just, they just accidentally deleted. Yeah, him. <laughs> they they accidentally kicked the plug out of the wall, and <laughs> I mean he's been going for a long time, so maybe the battery doesn't hold power well anymore. And when when uh, when they kick the plug out, it accidentally deleted all of his personality files. It just deleted him like the high score list on a Space Invaders machine. Exactly. Hmm. What if he was the high the high score list on a Space oh. Invaders machine? What if Don? I mean, oh. that's. Around Space Invaders was still in arcades when Saturday Night Live started. So what if people just happened to put in their initials in a sequence yeah, their that and resulted their scores happened to be a, exactly the right set of numbers? Gosh. Yeah, that was a code for a Saturday Night Live announcer AI. <laughs> they should just hire the guys from the Whitest Kids You Know to replace Don Pardo and just make up the names of a bunch of Saturday Night Live stars oh, every time good. it starts. Oh, good. If we uh, thankfully Skype has elected to uh, one or more kick of Riff off the island, suggest that um, we, we don't need him. Attempt at that, no. but <laughs> we can just we can just proceed. I also have not watched uh, Saturday Night Live as if he's like here. I'm sure he's years. also talking yeah, to us. And also and so my call just fine. Died. Yeah, I haven't so even been bothering to edit those parts. Oh yeah, just talks and talks and talks and talks and we talk and talk and talk and talk and it's like it just it's it's a glorious cacophony. People thought that you had edited some some weird stuff together, but apparently you just didn't edit. Oh, when he. Did somebody actually say that? Yeah, in the in the transcript for the last week's show. Mm. Cool, that failed without even connecting. Sweet. You know, you know what uh, people love to hear? It is us talking about Skype. Hello. Riff, stop living in garbage land. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know why it does that. Are, are you, you, uh, are you uh, using in like a, phone data? Yeah, are you in a basement? I am in a basement. Are you using internet that's coming from next door? Is it a Faraday basement? It's coming, I mean, I get internet through my microwave. Has anyone made a play or musical called My Faraday Lady? Oh, that's pretty good. By Tesla, no. I think she's got it. Do you, do, so you just can't get any calls when you're inside her? That's Whoa! <laughs> yeah, because of the echo, right? You're fu- <laughs> oh, why'd you sing it twice, Riff? Uh, I don't know anything about My Fair Lady. Is it a musical? Yes. Isn't that the, the Henry Iggins on, one? Yeah, that's Henry Iggins. It was based on Pygmalion. Oh, huh. I, I, I don't know that I knew that. Wait, in every be. production, it's an Henry? They never have a Willie or a Sam? <laughs> I'll let that settle in for a second. Yeah. <laughs> riff, riff, riff appreciated it. Yes. Uh, you guys, uh, fuck, I was, about to say, I was about to say something when... You said something about... Oh, uh, something that it reminded me of. There is a podcast that I discovered uh, at XOXO, which we went to, called Hello from the Magic Tavern, which oh, I yeah. think listeners mm. to this podcast and KOL fans might enjoy. Um, Did you was... actually go to that? Write that down, because that... I forgot. 
I didn't. I am um, recording. I just listened to. I downloaded uh, the first uh, few episodes of it, and it's <clears> the the premise is it is it's like it's. I want to compare it to Welcome to Night Vale, but it's really nothing like Welcome to Night right, Vale. Because it's, it's different it's tone an, and plot, right? But it's an still improv- an ongoing it, it's, story thing. It is, but it's improvised. It, ah, like okay. it's not. I don't think they pre-write it. They, in fact, is, very specifically don't, because the whole point is like building set, the canon up. Did you see the recording? Of it? I did. Oh, and they're they're very much like setting kind of improv traps for each other, like. Oh, and it's like this thing, which now you have to explain how, right. how like how to how to get out of this hole. But the, the premise is a guy falls through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King yeah. uh, into a fantasy kingdom, uh, and he has all of his podcasting equipment with him, and he's still getting a weak Wi-Fi signal from the Burger King. Yeah. Uh, so did I say it was at a Burger King? You did. Okay, that's good though. It's I good. To, it's good beginning. to reiterate the I Burger King. I forgot the beginning of my sentence. Yeah. Uh, by the time I got to the end of it, because I don't know about you guys, but I'm high AF right now. <laughs> So it's it's good. When I heard about it, it sounded like it might be a little too twee for me. But no, it's it's they're really funny. They are very funny guys. I I think th- some episodes are hit and miss, but they've been doing it for like six months, so it's it's not too much to catch up on. I feel like yeah, mm-hmm. it's I, like, and they're like twenty minutes long. It's, yeah, that's the other thing. Like I I don't know. I was I was charmed by it right away. So is it? It's not like um, like straight to tape improv. Do they do they edit down to the good bits? It is hard to say. It, it sounds like they're in the same room. They're very. They they might just be good. I think mm. they are good. I mean, it's Chicago based, and that's like the oh, land everything of in Chicago the, is good. Land of the like improv. If if you're not in L.A., you should be in Chicago. Too much light puts the baby on a podcast. Yes, <laughs> is really. I guess the second city is in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Although that's all scripted, right? Is it? I think so. Is it all sketch stuff? They don't do improv stuff at the second. Oh uh, no, they they do. They do do some improv stuff. Do do. Maybe they <laughs> improv to to find hooks into sketches to write later. There are there was at least one improvised bit because it relied on like getting suggestions from the audience. Yeah, penguins. Uh, what? Penguins. Oh yeah. Uh, bacon. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Man. I was, uh, we, we went to a recording of You Look Nice today, and yeah. there were so many people in the audience just I started, talking. I started looking, or look, looking, I started looking at that podcast yeah. <laughs> through through my eye ears. Hole? Yeah. <laughs> my, I got my eyes Good real riff. close yeah. to the scooters. I was worried, Riff, but you nailed it. You nailed the landing. <laughs> my, my eye ears. That's how I did it. I leaned in real close to the speakers so that like the juice in my eyes would kind of vibrate, and then my, my, my brain could reinterpret that as sound. I know I've told this story before, but um, the movie theater that I worked at had uh, one of the old-style projectors where the sound was in a an optical audio track that ran along the edge of the film. And uh, at one point, uh, somebody who had been building up, like splicing the reels together for sister act two had put one of them in backwards. And so it started like the people who were lucky enough to be in the first screening of sister act two, which I kind of imagine were the sister act super fans, right? (laughs) Who had lined up at midnight to buy tickets to get in here. They were treated for several minutes to, uh, the left half of their screen just being a big waveform and the sound just being this deafening static as the oh, projector tried to interpret, tried to interpret Whoopi, Whoopi Goldberg's <laughs> antics as sound. Um, That's great. Yeah, it was. And we had to send what all those What kind of home. noise would you call that? <laughs> because, 
Uh, well, I don't know. There was a little bit of Goldberg variation in it as she moved <laughs> from from place to place. Uh, you guys want to do some questions from our loyal sure. Kingdom of Loathing podcast listener fans? Mm-hmm. Terrence, a.k.a. Magnus, says, I was listening to an old radio show in which you discussed how you thought it was kind of cool that some people learn things from KOL, like what quotidian means. I'm not sure if I've ever done so before, but I'd also like to thank you on a similar note. This game was probably the single biggest influence on my vocabulary as a kid and was was responsible for a significant portion of my reading score on the SAT. In addition to vocabulary, Kid Me also learned a bunch of stuff incidentally when looking up jokes I didn't understand. I've been playing this game off and on for nine years, and I can honestly say that KOL played a large part in shaping me during my formative years. I don't know how many others have had similar experiences, but I just know that you've enriched at least one person's life experience. That should go directly to the uh, Facebook to the testimonials yes. thing. Yeah, we've we've requested some testimonials from people on Facebook so that we can maybe do something with testimonials. Yeah, what's your what's your plan there? Well, I don't know. I mean, I I'm either going to sort of rejigger the what is KOL page or I I have begun to think that the login page could be both way simpler and way more effective at interesting making the game seem like a thing like i there is a part of me that will just from from the expect from the from the perspective of experienced players there is a part of me that will be a little sad to lose the like weird immediacy of those of the front page leaderboards. Mm-hmm. They're so randomized though now that they are largely just nonsense. And I don't know that anyone actually competes on them. And I don't know that anyone is ever like paying enough attention to be excited that they're showing up on the list. And so I had kind of imagined like, what if we did a similar thing like that, but we just kind of framed it as like a, not exactly a daily contest because so many of them would just end up fixed. You know, like if it was a, how many of these can you eat? Well, probably 15 divided by the size of them is how many, unless right. I happen to be in a feast of Boris run or whatever, but like do something like the front page leaderboards, but that is more active and sort of more attention is drawn to it. And then it's like, you know, figure out some way to do a better version of that blink tags blake tags blink tags okay blink tags blink tags okay. yeah blake babies uh the band that juliana hatfield was in before the Lemonheads, yes. or after the Lemonheads. <laughs> they're really they're, those are the only two options right unless she was <laughs> cheating on the Lemonheads. <laughs> Um, or, I mean, the Lemonheads, I guess, could have just reformed. They could, they could have changed instruments and uh, become Blake Babies. There's a song called Girl in a Box by the band Blake Babies uh, that's pretty good. Okay. And everyone should listen to it. It's the, the subject matter is really dark. Like Boxing Helena dark? I haven't seen that, but I think so. Okay. Uh, but it's just a really, really pretty song. It's a good song. Mm. Girl in a Box by Blake Babies which is a band that Juliana Hatfield was in either before or after the Lemonheads. Okay. Anyway, uh, yes, we need that. (laughs) The other stuff, like, I don't know what value there is in having that list of links across the top of the front page in the spot where no one ever reads or sees anything because the internet trains you to just ignore that kind of text. Right? Like, does 
anyone ever click on any of those? Maybe not. So maybe they don't need to be there. Like, yeah. Does the login form, for instance, need to use text entry fields that are the exact default size that browsers give you if you just say input type equals text? Like, probably not. We could style that in a way that was a little nicer. We could make it a thing that, like, didn't presume a maximum of 800 pixels width on the browser, right? But Do was we instead implement like me- remembering your username. That is an excellent question. I feel like my thought on this is that the the fact that that survey about the mobile app revealed an overwhelming preponderance of Android users mm-hmm. makes me think that maybe our people want Oh, is that is that the, I I haven't actually seen that yeah. data. No, it was crazy. Uh it's like 75% Android. Oh wow, that's gonna be rough. Yeah, the Android space App is ecosystem. so fragmented. That said, I mean, you can just do whatever the fuck you want there. Like, we don't have to worry so much yeah, about but Apple's. There is no for- way we're gonna be able to test even a quarter of the use cases. Yeah. Well, I mean, we just have to try and make as generic a thing as possible. You know, I yeah. mean, we do have access to like a library of testing devices at Game Nest, right? I mean, sort so of. I don't can- know how. I don't know how serious they are about that, but um, there's I also mean, like it's services. Like maybe we build into the budget some UI or some uh, QA QA. Thank you. Some UI QA. Yeah. Qua. Because uh, uh, there are there are houses that will definitely do it and do the top you know forty yeah. models or whatever. Well, anyway, what I was thinking. Sorry. Was, <clears throat> given that, like, I feel like there is probably more of a pioneer spirit web wise to the to the average KOL player that like if you want KOL to remember your username and password you probably are just going to have your browser do it you know huh but okay. it is it is weird to be an app where you can't just check a box that says just fucking log me in when i come back here it'll be fine you know like that's a box that i check everywhere do you and i'm a paranoid no i'm not i don't give a shit about security and everyone knows that. But do you actually check that box? Yes, all the time. Wow. I never want to have to... Like, I, I'm more likely to check that box if the site has, like, crazy bullshit password restrictions. Like Did ours. We, ours, is, ours are so strict. I am almost certain that we have changed our password restrictions to be password must be at least one character long. On character creation. Uh, there's got to be a couple others. You should not use your username as your password i am not entirely <laughs> sure that we don't let people use oh, their wow really their that's password. a bad one it just didn't matter it never helped anything all it did was like piss like it would frustrate people and piss people off and alienate people huh. it never mattered like do we let you use the word password probably hmm. i don't know for a fact that we actually instituted that change. But I remember telling Chris to do that. I see. When we changed the way that you sign up for accounts. Right, right, It's like, right. you know what? I don't oh, cause, think... Because you don't even need it at first. Yeah, anymore. you don't need a password to play. And it's like, well, you know, if you can have this with no password, that's not super different than having it with a complete bullshit password. So... So is, is our new paradigm pass and play? Yes. Okay. Something that I realized, though, <laughs> uh, there it is possible now if you are a casual player of KOL to get into a state where you've forgotten your password and you can't reset it because your account is passworded, but does not have an email address associated with it. 
I thought we required an email when you set a password. Nope. Only when you try to use email. multiplayer features. Oh, huh. And I don't know what to do about that. Do we not want to just require an email when you set your password so that you can recover it? Or is I mean, like, cause that is a totally reasonable reason to ask. I mean, we could offer that, right? I don't know about, I, you know, like getting suddenly requiring it again, undoes the like friendliness of account signup that we were going for. Well, but we don't require the password. Do we like, we don't require you to password protect it. I think eventually we might. I think event like once you've played like 60 turns or something, I think we require you to set a password before you can go on. Huh? But we don't ever require you to hook up an email address. And the idea was that you shouldn't need to, you know, but that password reset thing is like, just how do you do that? You don't. Right. Like there's. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. You know, I'm like somebody who's in that state probably isn't super invested. Right. But who knows how far you could get in that state before you decided to go to the mall or you decide, you know. Yeah, I don't know. That's it's. I thought you're talking about in real life. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck it. I'm going to the mall and buying a new computer. Oh no, right. this new computer doesn't know my KOL password. Exactly. I should have given them an email address. Why didn't I think of that? Because I mean, we I guess persistent enough and asking. We could surface to people like, hey, we noticed you've been playing for a while. If you forget your password, you're fucked, buddy. <laughs> like, fucked with a capital fucked is what this will say. Because uh, that's the messaging that we're going for here. Uh, maybe give us an email address. Like, we're, we don't need to. Do we do we validate it? We do. We we like make them click a link in it before they can like talk to other people or send items or whatever. Right. But maybe we could allow password resets without doing that. Yeah, I don't know. Um anyway. Yeah. Testimonials. Yeah, those testimonials. Like this one from Terrence. Thank you. I like that's it's so That's really sweet. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really gratifying to it, I've I'm I have always been of the opinion that you should not uh talk down to kids. Yeah. Yeah. You should just speak like a normal person and even even use longer words so that they have to work harder to understand what the hell's going on. The Mystery Science Theater three thousand guys, I read an interview with one of them and you know they were basically asked, like, do you think that it's possible for a joke to be too obscure? And their answer was, like, if you make it, you know, in, especially in a context where what you're writing is a thousand jokes in a row. If you make a joke that only one guy out of 10,000 guys gets, how fucking stoked is that guy? Yeah. Like, yeah. and that's fine. You know, that's great. I'm, and I'm sure there were, like, three people, maybe, who... Like I, I wrote that Diogenes thing, and there are maybe like, I don't know, like a hundred people who know who Diogenes was and why it's funny that he's in a barrel mech. But his critical hit line is has a joke in it that maybe like three people will understand the entire thing, and those people will love it. So, I, I feel Terrence, pretty good about that. Terrence talking about learning stuff from doing research in order to understand jokes mm. reminds me so much of myself as a kid. And yeah. the reason that I know everything that I know because I just always was. And I mean, mine, you know, a lot of mine was pre-internet. So a lot of it was just like asking my dad about stuff, which is how I found out about a lot of weird, like sixties pop culture stuff. 
so like what does that mean you know what like, it, that like i i really like it when that's the way that curiosity manifests mm-hmm. and ah man terrence thank you i'm sorry that your name is so shitty and that i keep <laughs> telling you that um but it is funny that he's terrence aka magnus i like y- you know yep <clears throat> it's good because Terrence is the worst name, Magnus is the best name. That was an established advice hot dog trope. Figfew uh, Disgude says, "Hey, just a thought. If Crimbo this year is going to involve hippies, like the Rainstick implies, you should consider hidden machine elves found only by using some sort of consumable. I mean, that's the only connection between hippies and elves I can imagine that doesn't involve Keebler elves and the Munchies. That is a fucking fantastic idea, and I am going to steal it. Unfortunately, uh, because I cannot pronounce your name." I'm not going to credit you, Um, (laughs) but I think it's pretty funny if the way that you get to where you can see the elves, this Crimbo, is by taking some of those Terrence McKenna brand mushrooms. It's going to be pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. This Crimbo never actually happened. So my goal is to make an extremely boring uh, Crimbo this year where everybody gets everything and no one has anything to complain about and there's basically no content. Wow, really? (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be fucking great. great. Yeah, wow, that sounds awesome. No challenge. Good good job. And no challenge path either. Well, right. Um, Hey, guys, says Boogie with Doobies. Oh, man, that guy's going to have a time. Uh, been playing KOL for about three weeks. Absolutely love it, and I've already donated money, so you guys can keep bringing us awesome updates. You guys should have a KOL con in Australia. It'd be great. Not really. Australia's a death trap. Also, <laughs> this isn't KOL related, but have you tried paintball? I heard the USA is paintball central, and I tried it for the first time today, and it bloody hurts. Keep up the good work, guys. Uh, that was my assessment of it, was, ow. We did it once. Yeah. It was pretty sweet. I enjoyed it, but I, yeah, like, I, I was, I had bruises all over. Oh, boy, yeah. And I also was crouching for so long that, like, my legs hurt. Yeah. I Afterwards. I felt like I was walking really weird because I was in so much thigh pain. And then people said, you're not walking weird at all. And then they said, wait a minute. You're not walking weird for the first time in your life, Jick. You're not bouncing like a dork when you walk. You're just walking like a normal person. And I said, but it hurts and it feels weird and I don't want it. And I want the spring to come back into my step. <laughs> you, that might also explain why, uh, like elliptical machines are so awful for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause trying to, trying to use an elliptical is like, try, like the least comfortable motion I can imagine. <clears throat> you're just, it just you're constantly just... feels like I'm falling down a flight of stairs. It's the worst. <laughs> so you don't, you're not into that new, uh, falling down a flight of stairs exercise yeah. plan. Um, paintball was great. And it convinced me that if I'm ever in a firefight, I want hot stuff by my side because oh, yeah? we had some, we had some fucking serious small unit tactics we did. cohesion going on. A lot of like nonverbal communication. <laughs> yeah, a lot of I'm doing like, that now yeah, over, over doing, the mic. Doing a lot of that <laughs> kind of nonverbal communication. That is the hallmark <clears throat> of a classic podcast. Yep. Uh, but nah, it was good, man. It was good. I mean, we will we will obviously be first against the wall if the shit seriously goes down, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah, I don't know, man. Part I, of the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who's keeping us down. It's the patriarchy, I guess. No, no, no. The patri- yeah, the patriarchy is keeping us down, right? And and we're close enough to the patriarchy that we'll be shot along with them. Is that is that not right? <laughs> oh, when the patriarchy gets taken down. Yeah, yeah. When, first see. against the wall. Doesn't that mean that you're like you're being executed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I was trying to say. 
Because we are part of the patriarchy. Because we're patri and arch. Don't you have to have a kid to be a patriarch? I don't think so. Rainbow Sparkles writes, In your travels, have you come across a Sender IPA from Fieldwork Brewing in Berkeley? It should be served at Con. No, but we did yesterday or last weekend in Portland come across Descender IPA, which I feel like is probably... Like, you could drink one of each and be completely sober. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how that works. Yeah. Uh, do you think they're talking about, like, climbing, climbing things, or do you think they're talking about typographic ascenders and descenders? I don't know. It could be either one. Uh, I has an ascender... P, well, does I have an ascender? Does the dot on an I count as an ascender? I don't know. Because P has a descender. Yeah. A doesn't, right? A yep. is... Did you listeners know that when Hot Stuff writes a lowercase letter A, he does it in the weird way that is like a printed letter A? Is that uh, weird? Like, a, like, like an O with the right side kind of squared? No, that's what I do. I feel like that's what most people do with a lowercase a. Hot stuff does the one that looks like a that looks like oh a, with the hook a, on top. Yeah, backwards yeah. six huh. with a a backwards six with a little tail. Hmm. Which I have never seen anyone print like that. I don't think other than you. Huh. I just I do it up from my dad, caps, but I do small caps. Hmm. Maybe your dad learned it in nuclear physicist rocket scientist school. Hmm. That's probably a golf thing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say he probably learned it from doing all the like from scoreboards. From his days for... playing golf. Golf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can't think of a single golf word with an A in it. Oh, sand sand trap has two. Nobody nobody calls them sand traps. Well, what do they call them? Bunkers. Bunkers. Bankers. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What water hazard? Water hazard. Yeah, water hazard has three. It has a bunch. Yeah. 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 Eagle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Baerty. Baggy. <laughs> Baggy, <laughs> Barbie, double baggy, <laughs> hmm. D- dabble baggy, uh, caddy. Okay, caddy. There uh, you go. You know, caddy, they're not gonna bring write. me my dabble they're not, baggy. They're not, they're not. They're not worth writing their names. Clubhouse. Okay. <laughs> Golf cart. Do these love clabber girl condensed milk to? Talc up their shoes. <laughs> yep. Golf what, would, what would happen if you used Clabber Girl condensed milk as foot powder? Clabber would it, would Girl? Would it get gross? It would start gross. <laughs> Fair is, enough, Rip. Is condensed milk powder? Powdered milk is. Powdered milk. Okay, maybe condensed milk. <laughs> condensed milk is liquid. If you were using that as foot powder, you'd be confused about both what things are for and what things are. Yeah, okay. That makes that, that is making way more sense to me now. <clears throat> Demuckle says, I just picked up Paper Mario on GameCube again, and I remembered how much I really enjoyed playing Peril Mario, a strategy where the player gets more and more powerful the less health you have. Do you think you'd ever include potions or effects or equipment that gave you bonuses as your HP got lower, say when your health displayed in red, possibly culminating in huge bonuses when you're at 1 HP? A whole mm-hmm. kamikaze outfit could be pretty nifty, with the 1 HP bonus effect potion being the outfit's Halloween candy. The Dark Souls that is the kind of thing have, have a trick like that, too. The, the red tearstone ring that gives you way more damage when your health is real low i feel like in a in a sort of a paper mario has really tight really small numbers and not a tremendous amount of randomness in it dark souls has like basically entirely skill and twitch based 
combat success. I don't think that something like that is a good idea in KOL because it gets to be like, well, I have to always be at one hit point and never take any damage if I want to get the most out of this. And maintaining that is not fun. Hmm. I feel like we did something like that at some point. Like there's a piece of gear that does more damage the fewer hit points you have or something. Like I remember doing something like that, but it was just, it wasn't anything important. It wasn't like additive to any vector that anybody cared about. So it, you have more fun the more drunk you are. Require that's <laughs> true. Like as a person, the right. more the more ascender IPAs you've had, the more karma you get right. playing. Um, it sounds neat, but I think that it would be unfun in practice, and I think that's it. Maybe maybe there would be some way to limit the context of it. You know, we've we shy away so much now from introducing mechanics that we think are going to be fiddly and even then we still come up with fiddly stuff like it is so hard to make something that is engaging and not obnoxious uh yeah i mean the classic example the classic example of this is like the original incarnation of the monster q right Mm. what it was was the game would keep track of the last few monsters that Mm. you had seen so that you were less likely as a new player to get the same monster in a row a bunch of times, and so that you'd be more likely as a new player to see new jokes. But people figured out how that worked and would start, like, adventuring in one place to fill the queue up with monsters from that place so that when they went back to the place where they were trying to fight a specific monster to get the most optimal results out of the zone, that they weren't like having that interfered with by that system, making them less likely to encounter a a thing that they'd recently seen. And like, it was a thing that was designed to just do this very subtle tweak to the experience of a brand new player to like make the game funnier. And it turned into a thing that was a real pain in the ass to keep track of and manage. But nevertheless, when we figured that out and put a stop to it, people were pissed and they were like, no, that was an interesting challenge. Keeping track of on this sheet of paper, the last five monsters that I had fought and making sure that I moved between places at the exact. And I'm sure to some people that it was an interesting challenge, but like it was a thing where we inadvertently created a tremendous amount of bookkeeping. We did it invisibly though. Right, like you had to know about the existence <clears throat> of that system, and I think that I just fucked up, and somebody asked, oh, and then you explained it, and I mentioned it. Well, right? but eventually people would have figured it out because that's just how people are, right? Yeah, like they would have looked at huge data sets and been like, "This doesn't make any sense if it's actually random or whatever." And so, is it wrong to take? something like that away from people that are enjoying it or like, cause it doesn't hurt you if, if you don't know about it. Is it just that's the class of people that knows about it and was like, fuck, I'm that not knows about it. it and doesn't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, and that, that class of people I think has a legitimate complaint. Sure. And I can kind of feel their pain, you know, the like Mr. Magnifico's of the world who genuinely don't, They don't want the game to be a chore, but they don't want to play badly. Like, they feel dumb if they're playing and not... 
knowing that they could get more out of it, but that they're choosing not to is dissatisfying. And I feel like there are a lot more people who are like, I'm interested in being good at games, but I'm not a masochist. Then there are like, I'm interested in being good at games and also a masochist. And I don't want to make games for masochists. Yeah. I don't want to like, at least I don't want to punish the people who would be having more fun if this thing wasn't there, like just sort of taunting them at the corner of their vision as a thing they could be exploiting for gain just to avoid taking it away from the insane people who enjoy it. And are not really insane. They just have a very particular way of interacting with systems. I say as somebody who probably would do that because, but you will do things that aren't fun and, I, my conclusion is always, I mean, when something like this comes up on video games, hot dog, like that always leads me to conclude like, ah, okay, that's a bad design. Like the fact that the fact that the game is making my friend Kevin do this means that that part of the game should be better. It shouldn't work that way. But you know, that's a terrible trap because most people don't care. You know, I, I agree that, uh, that it would be better if it didn't pr- 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 like give you that chance. But it's like Scrabble is not a bad game. Scrabble is fun and popular and a lot of people like it, even though the optimal way to play Scrabble is some horrible, boring, tedious bullshit. It's to memorize the French dictionary. Yes. And to and to like always play super defensively in a way that's not fun yep. for anybody. Yeah. Right? Like that that feature of the world is frustrating, right? That this is why I kind of like letterpress more because it's you, you are meant to like you you do need to play defensively, but you like because the vocabulary just becomes smaller and smaller, the possibilities basically get smaller and smaller as time goes on. Like you have to just sometimes you just have to like open right. Up. But I think there's no way that you could argue that letterpress is a more broadly appealing game than Scrabble. I agree. But right. I'm, and yes, it's better. But you're a guy who spends a lot of time thinking about game design. Sure. And and I have to not play that game because it takes up too much of my mental space. And playing. also it makes everyone hate you. Sure. But I play with strangers. <laughs> okay. That's good. So I guess it doesn't matter if they hate you. Uh, game fool says, hi guys. First, let me say that I've been playing the game for quite a few years now. And I've been a fan of the hot dog podcast for a while now too. Thanks for putting so much effort into it over the years. Oh, you're welcome. The reason I'm sending you this message is that I noticed the survey for a mobile app and was very excited to hear you might be working on one. Internet problems have kept me from playing as much as I want, but with a mobile app, I could become a daily player again. I mean, you do have the mobile option in the accounts page, but it just doesn't do it for me. I'm sure an app would give KOL a bigger audience as well with so many mobile users out there. Anyway, I had an idea for something that might incentivize people to use a mobile app. What about a small area that would only be accessible to the app users? Nothing big, two or three monsters, a word adventure or two, that kind of thing. There could be a few untradeable items, maybe even an outfit. Nothing too great or the non-mobile users would start to complain, but just a bit of content and a few items to give people more reason to use the app. Just a thought. Love the game. Keep doing what you're doing. Game fool. Why would we want to segment our users that way? So what I think would not be a bad idea is a thing that was only exposed to mobile users, but that that was accessible to anyone if they went looking for it. So if you know about this and are pissed that you can't get it on the desktop version of the app here, you can right? like go for it. Right. But just to like, I I see it as more of like, what kind of game do we want this to be for a new player who downloads this and pokes their head into it? Right. Right. And 
let's give them some content that encourages the kind of casual play that we're hoping that they will, you know, be interested in. It could just be a mobile home that you have to explore. Yeah. Maybe something like an area, sort of like the, 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 uh, like the, the, I've forgotten what we call them. What is wrong with my brain? Like the, the 70s volcano. The charters? The charters. Okay. That you get access to if you, if you log in on mobile. But they give the thing like the the one use charter tickets that those people can then distribute in the mall to people who don't play on mobile. Yeah, like it could be a ticket to Tiny Town. <laughs> That'd be such a weird thing, though. Like you can either buy this in the mall, or you can just hit the button in the Log options in. page that toggles the mobile menu. Or yeah, or spoof right. your browser and yeah, like. <laughs> But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. The fact that that would be goofy yeah. doesn't mean that we shouldn't do it. Right. Howdy, partners, says Threnza. Please, please, please do a West of Loathing as the next Avatar path. It would be a neat sneak peek. The run reward could be a thing that would eventually spit out a code for a KOL Easter egg item when uh, West of Loathing launches. Um, also, you've talked about wanting more Uncle Buck ideas. How about some West of Loathing-themed flavor items? An authentic six-shooter? A tumbleweed familiar that just rolls around? Stuff like that. Could be found in support development of West of Loathing, since you don't seem to be doing any outside funding for that that we know of. No, we're not doing any outside funding. I mean, we're using the money that we made from the contract Word Realms gig to make West of Loathing, basically. Yeah, Would there I, be I, an 11-shooter? <laughs> sure. I think I need to revise back my estimate of when that's going to come out, because... They, oh, uh, they changed their plan. Yeah, they were going to bundle the educational version on September 15th into that package, and they did not. And so it's looking like the educational version isn't even going to be coming out until mid-November. And so I don't know. I have no idea what that means for the commercial version. We still have, there's still code to be written for the commercial version, so... Oh right, because they still haven't delivered the the like the game multiplayer services framework. layer. Yeah, I wonder if they will. I mean, it exists. Oh yeah, like yeah. There's a they contracted with another company to to get that done, and so that has. They, I think they're documenting it and testing it right now. So. Man, big wheels turn slow. Yeah, they do. <laughs> uh, Felgod says. Hey, what happens to subscribers when VIP furniture comes out? We talked about that. Um, just it hasn't happened me. yet, but we'll, we will just instead of instead of. Uh, I don't know if we have code for that yet, though. We're gonna need to remember to do that. We do. Do we? Yeah, Chris wrote. Okay. It, there's it defaults if the cost of the oh, item okay. is more than one to just giving Mister Accessories instead of giving the the item. Yeah. Um. So that'll be fine. Yojimbo's Law says, could you rename the path standard to something like regular? It's still confusing as fuck to every returning player. It is bewildering to me that you think that that would make a difference and that you think that changing it now would be less confusing. <laughs> standard is bewildering to returning players. He says it's confusing as fuck to every returning player. But boy, there was somebody is real confusing than the word regular. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. There was somebody real, real, real mad on Facebook about Standard. Really? Huh. Like, 
like I didn't know I came back after years and I didn't know I was being punished for having been so loyal for so long by not being able to use my old items on this current challenge path. Like that's because you didn't read what it said. Like it tells you right on there. Like, I don't know, man. Like if you come back after five years, the game that you were playing is still there for you. It's true. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. I just, I like, I didn't know what to do. I didn't want to, Engage. Yeah, I don't want to. I'm not gonna have that. A, I'm not gonna have that argument again. Right. I think you just let people discuss it on their own, and you don't get involved. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I fundamentally disagree that changing the name of it would accomplish anything. Uh, Hamfish says, "I mean, damned fish, we're only a month and a half away from Spookaloween, which is my spooky Halloween. I mean, my spookly Spookaloween name for Halloween." <laughs> Um, uh, I'm really not an optimal player, but whenever I play softcore, I always feel like I have to use all my pulls, even when I'm not really sure what to take. Feature request, add a button to Hanks that will just use up all of your remaining pulls on random items. <laughs> that is an awesome idea. That's pretty great. Just Even if it was just like a chat command that was just like pull random and then it took an argument. Huh. That would be pretty sweet. That is how I would play. Yeah. Uh, a hero called Frog says, I was poisoned by a tomb asp, so after combat, I got cured and equipped my gold wedding ring, uh, which is an item that blocks negative status effects like that. The next combat with a tomb asp, I was poisoned in the first round. Do rings actually block negative status effects during combat? Could, could they give us a message to know that a negative status effect was blocked? They block a very specific subset of negative status no, effects. No, they have a chance of blocking all negative substat uh, effects. It's like I, a three and four, I think. I am basically convinced that the game would be better if I did away with that system entirely. What? Which system? All of all of them. <laughs> <laughs> the negatives, j- just all of the negative status effects that you get from monsters, and oh, really, no and the and the blocking. Hmm. I mean, combat dynamic combat. There's so little of it. So, A, the way that we can do all kinds of stuff like that now, right? Like, we could make a thing poison you. Yeah. And that's fine. I mean, you're talking about the the actual player, right? I'm talking about the old system where there's just that field in the monster spindler. This this is the effect that it gives you. And only when the hit message has that commented word special in it. I think that's a bad model. I also think that, like, Conctatitis is is just shitty, Right. No one likes it, and it's not funny anymore. <laughs> you know? Uh, I mean, I can't agree with you for that particular effect, certainly, but... I think people would be sad if snakes stopped poisoning them. Well, then what we can do is you get poisoned by it at the end of combat or whatever, right? Like, there's just... it. Like, the things that currently poison you, we can just have them run a thing, like just have a special execution script that poisons you or whatever, but get rid of the items that block negative status effects because they work in a goofy, confusing way. They should just do something else. Like that's a lame system. It's a lame system that's poorly communicated and poorly designed. And there's like four things that are a part of it. And I, I just I think it's dumb. And when I think about how to fix it, I think we should fix it by eliminating it and everything related to it. <laughs> I see. 
Uh, Southwest says, will the alien crash site from the first Twitch event ever come back? Or is it gone for good? Why does Southwest talk like that? It's weird. I think that there will eventually be a way for you to get there. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I think we were talking about doing a day pass kind of thing. We talked about it. We have. Um, Majijum says, Dear Riff, Hick, and Jar of Hot Sauce. No, Rick, Hiff, and Jar of Hot Sauce. I was playing the game today when I found what I think is the funniest part of the game, that when you mouse over the bottom of the main map, the title text that pops up is Bottom Edge. I just really like the idea that the kingdom actually only exists on a map, and if you go too far past the island, you'll fall off. <laughs> anyway, my actual question is, how do you feel about the sea? I'm having a lot of fun playing with it right now, but something about it just doesn't feel like the rest of the game. Maybe how the puzzles are more cryptic or something like that. That being said, it's probably my favorite part of the game right now. It is definitely weird and different from everything else, but it's kind of meant to be, right? Like, it's meant to be this whole other thing that you do. Or rather, it's, it, it was meant to be a, a whole other thing that 10,000 people were doing. Right. That's the ocean. Oh. That's, like the, I... that's, that's the sailing. Oh, you're thinking you're of sailing on the... The, the underground, the under, underwater stuff? Okay. The underground. Okay. Technically also under some ground. It's yes. under any ground that's above sea level. Yeah, you know, we we wanted a, like a place that we could ideally sort of reset the like the power level, of like the a game. self-contained underwater battle area. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what you know, what we should have done, and what I think we would do if we decided to do some large-scale aftercourt thing like that in the future, is we would just use the tech that we have for the Spelunky stuff now and just... Except for we also wanted to do things like have impact on consumables, right? Because like it was the two turns per yeah adventure thing. Like, right. But there I mean, were a we, lot of things that we wanted to like sort of like... We, yeah, we wanted, you, we wanted you, if you were going to adventure in the sea, to have to eat consumables, food, and drink booze from the sea in order to not get that adventure penalty but framing it as a tax yeah. just made it not fun and also unless we made the worst food better than the worst underwater food better than half as good as the best other food in the game you were still better off eating and drinking expensive land consumables and just eating the turn tax than you were engaging with the with the underwater systems. I mean, we had talked about, and we might still do this, and it's not... It, it, for a long time, this was a part of the ultimate, like, plan for what was going to happen after the sea. But, and, like, when we had talked about doing something else like the sea, we had talked about doing a sort of, like, a, a Lovecraft alternate dimension thing, where the way that that would work, and I just, I think this would have been so much better, that booze that came from this area would also give you a certain number of like madness points that wore off during the day and locations would have a madness threshold that you had to be above in order to adventure there. Like that to me, it accomplishes exactly the same thing, but that feels like an interesting system to engage with as opposed to a thing where, all right, well we've made these new toys and like, fuck you if you don't want to play with them which is how those restrictions came off in the sea. And like the sushi system was interesting, but it wasn't that fun. And yep. the thing is people who really learned how the sea worked 
made a shitload of meat for a really long time. Like by far the best way in the player economy to make meat was farming stuff that was desirable under the sea because people who figured out how to work the systems and do it efficiently were able to like play the game that we designed. Right. But it just, it was so cumbersome to figure that stuff out. Sea cumbersome. It, yes, which is which is uh, technically a mollusk. I don't know. something. Uh, yeah, you know, it, like we learned a lot from doing that. It took us forever to get around to finishing the sort of plot in the sea, and largely it was because we kind of considered the sea to be a failedish experiment. That said, I mean, it was like three years ago that we finally finished that stuff up, and I feel like we did some cool stuff. With the ending, yeah. Yeah, like, I think that, I think the ending was narratively really satisfying and fun. And like, that's some of my favorite stuff that I've written in the game. I think that there was supposed to be a couple of like follow on things that we never did. Yeah. But I mean, that just, you know, that was also a reason that it was, it was so intimidating to try to finish it is because it had this, it had this crazy mental scope creep that we just shouldn't have. Let it have. We just shouldn't have let it have. Yeah, we should have yeah. just said, all right, we just like, we're, we're never going to do this if it has all these requirements that we're attaching to it. I really liked the, the like prophecy puzzle that we made. I thought that that was mm. a ton of fun. Like I had a ton of fun sitting at that bar where we were sitting at a little wooden table that was facing a window and drinking expensive beers and like writing up the way that that prophecy thing was going to work because Scully had designed, like, he had come up with all of the, I have no idea if this even works the way that he wrote it. The gladiator stuff. Mm -hmm. He did all that. And then we sort of realized, all right, well, this was designed such that it takes three turns to finish this bread. We had to, like, change We had to change some stuff about, I, I think that before you didn't have to like train in the gym to learn the skills. I think you learned them by using the previous skills. I forget how it worked. Yeah. And I, and I think that what we ended up with was a situation where the best way we didn't want to make it. So you had to solve that puzzle to advance because the, the, there was sort of like the brute force side and then the smart finesse side. And we wanted the brute force side to be brute forcible, but that's all anyone ever did. They never actually figured out how the combat worked. They just overleveled themselves to survive the fights in spite of not knowing how to mm. win them the correct way. The correct way. I mean, that like, it's terrible. The prophecy stuff was just neat. I really like, I, I like the flavor of it. I like the stuff that we came up with. I like that it gave us, like, well, we've got all these random drops and stuff. This is something for them to do that is not the typical stuff that they do, but it's like something interesting. And it's like, you know, I think that the speakeasy puzzles eventually were informed in some ways by our experiences of designing that. And, it, you know, it's just neat. It was like, I'm really happy with the work that we did on the sea later. I'm less happy with the early work on the sea and, and, and just... I'm glad it's there. I'm glad that people feel like it's worth going down there to like get those outfits and to do those cool boss fights, you know, but it's, it's a self-contained thing. And your observation question asker, uh, was it Southwest? 
Sure. No, Southwest was the one before with a weird voice. He talked real slow for some reason. Uh, it is your observation that it's different from the rest of the game is, is spot on. Like it was intended to be. And, uh, but yeah, you're right about the puzzles being more obscure. I mean, it's, you know, nothing down there is hooked up to the quest tracker, for instance. And I don't know that I'll bother. Hmm. As an optional set of areas. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like a weird, you know, just thinking of it as like a weird, open world thing you know like nothing in that 70s volcano is hooked up to the quest tracker but it's fun anyway and it's not confusing you know it just kind of tells you what you need to do and then you can probably figure out based on the sentence in there where to go to do it and just nothing is really hard so that's it's different than the sea because the stuff in the sea is obscure but i mean you know you look at the wiki (laughs) like i don't want you to have to do that I don't know. If I took a look at some of the earlier parts of the sea, I would probably want to change some of them to be more. You know, I guess the. The overall sea monkey quest might be in the quest tracker. Now that I think about it, I think it might be. Yeah, yeah never mind. Yeah, All right. I'm not going to do that because it's already done. That's why. Not because I don't like you. Uh, let's see. John Diaz says, if people have overwhelmingly been saying that making all faction X times a day is fine with them, please register my vote in the opposite direction. I would rather have the effect be non-shruggable than have it be limited per day, though I'm not a big fan of that way either. You've said in the past that you guys like the idea of organizing quests in order to use limited useful buffs to cover several different quests over the course of the buff. Well, this would seem to be an instance if it changed this way. Um, you know, I'm not listening to you, John Diaz, because you are a real dick about basically everything in the forums, and I am completely disinclined to value your opinion. Ah. So there's that. I was just thinking today when I woke up, what an asshole you are. Wow. Um, yeah, then he says something else, but I'm just going to delete it without reading it. <laughs> people like it when I'm mean to individual people on this podcast. People really don't. I just, man, there are some people in the forums that just really, really get under my skin. And he's one of them. And hmm. I should probably edit that out instead of just being a dick. But fuck that guy. Uh, Lightwolf says, have you ever considered reusing the Tales of Spelunky mechanics elsewhere in the game? That was a particularly enjoyable minigame. Having some mini dungeons like that where instead of playing as Spelunker guy, you could play as a familiar or something could be a lot of fun. You know, this was the specific thing that John Diaz was being an asshole about today. Uh, yeah, no, I will absolutely do stuff like that in the future. The thing that there's a there's a thread of people who are kind of getting pissy about the fact that the people with the expertise to regularly win the Spelunky minigame are still regularly winning every single day every single day it's like one person who dominates it every day i think that's fine you know because that guy is not a fucking wizard like somebody else could figure out how he's doing it right and compete with him you know it's uh, like i don't know plus that guy's i've met that guy and he's nice so there's something <laughs> I'm I'm all for having arbitrage like yes, that. Like being able to conceal knowledge, use that knowledge to your advantage and gain market strength. Yep. Like that's awesome. Yeah. And like, this is the one time we've done it. Like, don't sit there and say like, Oh, don't do it. And I mean, we've only done it because of the particular people who have figured out the most efficient way to, to play that game. But you know, it's like, 
he's just better at it than you are. Like, that's the problem. That's what you're pissed about is that somebody is better at a thing than you and they're getting rewarded and you're not. And it's like, I hardly ever do that. You know, they, they want it to work like the wolf game or whatever, where people who've won it before don't get the right. thing, right? It goes down to the next shittiest person in line. But I explicitly chose to do this one differently. And, you know, it's just that thread is full of people saying, well, if they knew what was good for their bottom line, they wouldn't have done this. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you. You have no idea how this affects the way that people are going to buy stuff. Nobody does. Like, by the time people start getting shitty about this, I mean, we're like nine twelfths of the way through the period of time that this would be relevant. And it's like... <sighs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, Dragon Maiden says, A friend suggested that I suggest this because we were chatting about the Five Nights at Freddy's games. I've never played them, but I thought it might be cool if there was an area or monster referencing it in the kingdom. Just a suggestion. I'll be on my way now. Didn't you put some stuff in Dinsey Land that was quasi-based on that? Or had you not played it before you wrote... I've never played them, but I'm aware of them. So <clears throat> it's it's likely that I would have tossed a reference in there somewhere. I don't think I... I didn't write anything explicitly to be that, but chances are I referred to it at some point. The uh, the guys in the sluice, the Uncle Uncle Gator's oh, yeah, country the, fun time liquid waste sluice, the bear or whatever it is who who has the name that's partially obscured by. Mechanical yeah. groaning. That might yeah. Be, that like might I feel like those are too. those are thematically <laughs> very similar. Yeah. Um. Anyway, y- uh, you know what I'm scared by? What? A burning hunger for delicious food. Oh yeah. Yeah, we should get some of that, guys. Mm-hmm. I've had a fantastic. I've I've actually had a good time recording. Like I'll say that whether I have or not. Uh, <laughs> this is a little peek behind the curtain uh, guys but no this has been a fun show i've enjoyed it i got to be mean to some guys i got to have some guys be nice to me i've had everything um you got shot because you're a member of the patriarchy it's riff made some fun jokes yeah 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 i made some fun jokes everybody made some fun jokes except you kevin yeah i just sat here (laughs) (laughs) So I got to be mean to another guy, <laughs> but it's all right. I'm going to buy you dinner. So you have to take it. Uh, all right, guys. Uh, I've had a really fun time doing this uh, episode of the kingdom of loathing podcast. And I hope we do another one real soon. Um, probably we will, right? We'll probably, we'll will we all week. riff? Will you be in Phoenix on Wednesday? No, we can maybe record. When do you get into Phoenix? Um, let me see here. I have a thing here that I can click and see what... God, this is another thing people me. love on podcasts. I leave here on Thursday the 24th. Like in the morning? Uh, at 3 p.m. Well, maybe on Thursday night we can do a podcast. Unless we're doing something else. Are we doing something else? We're doing something else. We're going to the monastery. We'll record a podcast before we go to the monastery. We probably won't record a podcast before no. we go to the monastery. Riff, Guys, Riff won't get in time for that. We're probably not doing a podcast next week. <laughs> we could just record on Wednesday like we normally do. Boo. I wanted to gaze longingly into Riff's eyes. You could record a special podcast, just the two of you. <laughs> okay. Like on Friday morning. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, 
I could go in and record a podcast of me just looking at Riff while he sleeps. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you'd have to, you'd like have to whisper. <laughs> yep. It'd be good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Riff's sleeping in my house. None of the rooms in my house have doors to lock from the inside. <laughs> Now, when you got my that's actually not true. I know, I know. (laughs) There's one. uh, one, one, There were some special dispensations made at times, Um, but we're not letting Riff into any of the rooms that can lock. That's true. I guess you could sleep. You could sleep in the scorpion hutch under the stairs. Okay. (laughs) Once we get all the plastic spoons out of there, there'll be just enough room for you. You can. uh, What are the scorpions doing with plastic spoons? You can cosplay Harry Potter. Role play Harry what? Potter. Oh. He lives in the room under the stairs. Oh, yeah. What? I thought you meant Harry Potter as some kind of scorpion plastic spoon thing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That is exactly. Riff, did, did you just read a different set of Harry Potter books than I did? I guess so. There was not a single <laughs> chapter that didn't have at least one scorpion and a plastic spoon. Man. <laughs> When we were working on the... Are you sure the... you weren't just reading a scorpion and plastic spoon catalog? <laughs> yeah. Well, my parents told me it was Harry Potter. It was weird because I was like 30. Why did... It's like... Um, <clears throat> so, we were working on the, 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 the West of Loathing program. It was like, all right, I hooked up this name generator that you wanted for randomizing the characters. And I swear I didn't write it so that it prioritizes the name Scorpion Dick over every other name. Because that sure does come up a lot. It's in there like a dozen times. There's also Dick the Kid. It's like, not in here, you don't. All right, everybody, make a hamburger out of farts. Good night. Have a great, have a great week, everybody.